2: Good morning, Rutherford County!
3: I haven't heard that voice in, in months.
2: Boy, I've missed it too. I do that every morning in front of the mirror. I really enjoy saying that.
3: You've gotten better at it, Well, I've, Mr. Phil Barnett. I've
2: had a little practice.
3: Captain Phil Barnett just, from the U.S. Navy. Just Phil. Yeah, just Phil.
2: Just Phil.
3: You've done so many great things, Phil, since you've been here in Rutherford County, and one of them, is with a SCAN program.
2: I love Rutherford County.
3: And and uh, you brought me some bad news this morning.
2: We did. We we You know, one, one of the things I've realized, you and I need to take this into account. Yeah. Old people die.
3: You know, <laughs> we know we're going to die. Guess what? We know we're going to die, but we don't believe
2: it. But we keep buying new cars because well, we think it's going to be off in the distance.
3: Yes, yes. Well, I, I mean you uh we can afford it now, so, so so why not buy one while we're still here?
2: While we can still drive. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, um, the stuff I do with the nursing homes, the stuff I do uh, with the sheriff's office um, – you know, these folks become like family members. Of course they do. And as a result of that, it's like losing a family member. Yeah. And uh, the young man that, that we had been fortunate enough to help yet he established his uh, Social Security, you know, a few dollars in his pocket because when we met him, he didn't have a nickel. Yeah. Um, during the last couple of weeks, um, he passed away out in uh, Christiana, and there's so many people. Um, I'll tell you, the folks at Miller's Grocery on uh, Christiana, Debbie, and her staff, those folks took care of this gentleman like he was their They're family. They're really Oh, no, they, they fed him every day. Yeah. They gave him a place where he could come to and socialize. Otherwise, he'd been sitting in this house with no electricity, no water, no plumbing. In this kind of weather, he'd have been sitting in this house and uh, not even having somebody to talk to yeah. So I mean, uh, hats off to the folks at Miller's. Not only do they do great food, especially great catfish and desserts, but uh, but uh, hats off to uh, to Debbie and her staff because they took this gentleman under their wing and and significantly improved his life.
3: You know, when I would go to Miller's with my wife, and and she had gotten sick uh, with Alzheimer's. Every time we would go through the door, the girls would all run and hug her and holler at her. You could hear them all over the place, hey, Jackie. And uh, Jackie would get um, a little cold in there sometimes, and they would go get her a jacket and put it on her. And uh, where else do you get that kind of love? Uh, And and a lot of them, uh, of course, we, we became Loyal customers, the the retired sheriff's department people, would go over there and just really enjoy a meal on every Tuesday. And, uh, you know, if if everybody had that uh, kind-hearted spirit, it would be a great world.
2: Well, we have a number of fantastic restaurants here in Murfreesboro, but you don't have that warm family feeling. Yeah. Every time you go into Miller's, it's like you're coming home for dinner at the, it's the family table. Yeah, it it's truly country. is. It's yeah. country. And uh, and if you don't know the guy or the gal next to you at the next table, um, by the time you leave there, you do. So beautiful people out there who, I think, um, it's it, you know it's like losing a brother. It's yeah. like losing a family member. And yet this was a gentleman who essentially had nothing in his life. At one point in time, with a a fine gentleman up in Smyrna who's in the contracting business, um, I was going to build uh, a, a tiny home for him, mm-hmm. and this company was going to throw in uh, the labor, and it was going to cost about five thousand dollars for material. And when I asked him if he wanted me to, if I, he wanted me to do that, um, he said, "No, I'm good."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, he had no heat from from the first frost until the last frost he lived in his carhartt uh, construction uh, overalls wow and uh, and was never unkept was never dirty was never negative woe is me
3: that's amazing i
2: mean i'm probably the most materialistic person you'll ever meet i want more stuff
3: Yes, you are. Yeah, I mean, thank you're, you. you're the most materialistic person I've ever I'm met. I'm
2: overjoyed you could confirm that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and here, this guy had nothing, and was happy having absolutely nothing. I wish I was more like him. Yeah. yeah. But you know, anyway, that that that's kind of shaking us all a little bit. Yeah. But that's the age population we work with in the sheriff's program, mm-hmm. and a lot of those folks have. Uh, other medical issues that are that are bothering them anyway so you just you just love them and you take care of them and you do everything you can for them and then tragically you find out that uh, they passed away
3: I had a call from uh, Sheriff Mike Pitchu, uh the other day and one of our long time uh, uh, well he's been retired for a while Pee Wee McPhee right uh, uh, who lived up in the, the fellowship grew up in the fellowship community and uh uh he was one of the best uh dispatchers that i've have ever known, and we lost him the other day and and um that you know that is the worst thing about getting older is you lose so many of your friends it's It's not how it affects you physically or or anything like that. It, it, it's all the friendships that you've gained. Every
2: once here. in a while you read about somebody that's you know, celebrating their 97th birthday, and they would love to have a party with all their friends for their birthday, mm-hmm. but all of their friends have preceded them.
3: Yeah. Now, where in the have you been the last couple of months? You, uh, you, you told me that when you were ready, you were going to be back on the air, but I hadn't heard anything from you.
2: Well, so much has changed in the last... The last seven months. If you remember in yeah. June, I lost Adrian. Yes. And, that's, and,
3: and I still miss
2: her. Bless her heart. Well, I do too. I'm not a very good cook. And I know now how to run the washing machine in the dryer. I've picked up some new skills since we last talked. You
3: and I went through <laughs> the same type of trouble.
2: <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the way people grieve. Yeah. is different yeah there's there's no book out there that says you know at three point eight months you'll be ready to eat broccoli again, yeah i mean there's 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 no rule book out there, and the way people grieve is different. I talked to one lady who said, You know she had lost her husband and and a fine gentleman had talked to her at an event and then he had sent her a text or called her on the phone and said, you know, um, I'd love to take you out just for dinner. I mean, public venue, uh, no hidden agenda, you're just a lovely lady, and I'd like to take you out to dinner. And she said, I'm not ready yet. And it had been four years since her husband passed away. Wow. And, you know, so I don't know if she'll ever be ready, and she's just a beautiful woman. But, uh but I actually uh, have found uh, found a young lady to to spend um, spend time with. Not not a lot of time, but
3: evidently she's not very picky.
2: No, she has low standards, and I yeah. was I was able to exceed them.
3: See, I haven't
2: and, uh, found anybody that was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, she, too, had, yeah. had lost her husband to cancer a couple yeah. years ago. And I think that was part of the the bond that we were able to form. And we do fun stuff together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's just an absolute beautiful woman. She just somehow, somehow God said, as as messed up as you are, Phil Barnett, I'm going to do you one favor. And, uh, and then you're going to owe me. And, uh, and Evidently,
3: so, she's not from this community.
2: She's from Columbia. There you go. I didn't even know where Columbia was. That's I thought where I that,
3: went and bought my new car.
2: Well, I thought that's where you got coffee from. When yeah. I first found out she was from Columbia, I was hoping her parents were, you know, coffee plantation yeah, owners would. and that I was going to fall into some money. But yeah. turned out it was Columbia, Tennessee, and, and no boat, no, uh, no beach house. I've just got to enjoy her and care for her the way she is, which is really interesting and easy because she's just an amazing young lady. Um, I like to call her young lady. Uh, you know... When all this happened, I envisioned myself probably—probably probably women would be calling me. Mm-hmm. Um, none have.
3: Well, that's and, unusual.
2: Uh, <laughs>
3: but when they hear that you're a Navy <laughs> man, they—they they they no, always respond.
2: None of them have called, and so—and uh, then I envisioned that most of them that would be interested in me would probably be in their thirties and forties, very young, mm-hmm. very fit, very attractive. And instead I, I got a, a very fit, very attractive seventy one year old. So uh so, That's still young Well and she doesn't have a boat or a cottage down there in uh in Sundestin. So uh so you know uh I've had to make some sacrifices, but uh, but been very much worth it. We we enjoy each other's company yeah. and enjoy doing stuff together. So between the the time that I've been able to spend with her, and then of course my dear friend Tom Sizemore, retired Navy captain who lives just two streets away from me. Tom and I walk every morning. We walk four miles every morning.
3: Every morning, no matter what the weather. No
2: matter what the weather is, wow. we walk four miles uh we we um burn about 640 calories in our walk and then we stop at Dunkin Donuts halfway through our walk and eat 1200 calories of donuts so it's it's not been a great weight reduction program I've
3: noticed you haven't lost no, any weight
2: No but uh but just the time with time it takes us about an hour hour and a half there are tables at the Dunkin Donuts that's out on Memorial on the north side and, uh, yep. Yep. and so regardless of the weather, we get some paper towels from the fine people at Duncan, and we wipe off the table or we scrape off the uh, the frost and then we sit at the table and enjoy a casual uh, uh, ham roll-up and uh, glass of water. He has a cup of coffee and just enjoy each other's company and uh, people come by in fact we had a deputy sheriff come by and she said you guys are regulars you're always sitting at this table when i come through and uh and he's been a tremendous support yeah. and then you know you never think about it but all of the organizations that i've had some affiliation with um those people all stepped forward and and were support yeah. and so i think i think I've figured it out. And and while it's a very sad thing to think about, it's not tearful anymore. And uh, I went through all of her clothing. And that's all neatly stacked up now. And my first phone call will go to Doors of Hope and let the ladies there pick through the piles and take what they need for their clients. Then my second call is going to be to uh, uh, Amelia's Closet. And let them pick through what they want mm-hmm. for their clients, and uh, and then um, I want to talk to that lady because she's getting ready to open up a brand new venture over by Toots. Which one? Uh, you know the uh, oh the Toots the original Toots. Okay. Uh, that's on Broad Street. You know the, the at
3: Jackson Heights.
2: At Jackson Heights, you yeah. know the the auto repair building that was right next there. Yeah. She's getting ready to open that up. And I want to see if I can help with that. Because part of what they're going to do is uh, uh, they're going to teach detailing of automobiles. So I need to learn a little bit about how to take care of cars. And, uh, and so I want to do her next. And then I want to get with uh, um, well, Cliff Sharp with, uh, oh, now I've lost the name. What's uh.
3: How about that? It's gone out of my head at the same time.
2: I'm, I'm looking right it's, at it. It's
3: right right across down from the uh, radio station, WGNS. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. And then finally, there's another organization which is called ARC. And ARC will come to your front door and pick up the bags you put out there. So hopefully I won't have to make many trips at all to uh, um, the folks at Goodwill. Greenhouse Ministries. Yes, yes. There we go. I knew yeah. we'd get them in there. So I mean, I want to. I want to. I'm not going to sell anything. I'm going to give it all away because I think that's what Adrian would want me to do. And it took uh,
3: me four years to do that.
2: Well, I'll tell you.
3: And the kids did it for me. Thank goodness.
2: I mean, one of the things that I realized is she brought all her mother's stuff mm-hmm. to the house when her mother passed away four years ago. So I had her mother's junk. I had her junk, I had my junk, and I had our junk.
3: Would you call that junk if she was listening?
2: Oh, no. Oh, no.
3: Those, and, those are treasured uh,
2: things. And, boy. and the bottom line is, if I wanted to be the, the meanest father in the history of the world, what I would do is go, I'm not going to move any of this stuff. And when I pass, poor Gary will have to figure out how big a dumpster he needs. How much stuff in your house is really sentimentally valuable to you, but doesn't mean anything to your kids?
3: It's it's all sentimental to me. Yeah. Everything that's in there, because it brings back the, the memories of, of, of better days. You,
2: you know, and so, but I mean, what would it mean to your children? One of the things that we found out that was just amazing, when her mother passed, her mother had two sets of china. My son never married. But her brothers, two sons, both married, so they have uh, wives and they have families. Mm-hmm. And so Adrian said, "Okay, I've got two sets of China. Which set do you want?" And both of them said, "You know, we eat on plastic. We don't. We don't want China." There's there's a, a whole generation. There are many generation gaps. People, the young people today, don't appear to want some things that were extremely valuable price-wise but even more valuable uh in terms of this was a china set that was started four generations ago and now there's enough china to feed eight people at one time and so I've got I've got a lot of stuff yeah and uh finding people who truly appreciate it um it's been fun. It's been it's been a joy to give that stuff to people who I know their children will eventually get it, and it will mean something to them because they knew Adrian.
3: Yeah, she she was such a sweet lady.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. And, I still remember uh,
3: the the last time I was with her.
2: I mean, I truly did uh, um, marry up. Uh, I I did. I truly did marry up. She was a fantastic woman. And, uh, and there isn't a day that, you know, you know this, there isn't a day that you don't think about Jackie. And, no. uh, and so between that, I've now gotten involved with uh, Read to Succeed, even though I can't read. And, uh, and then. Um, when are
3: you going to have the spelling bee again?
2: Oh, they'll never ask me to do the spelling bee because they asked me to, to spell something like Fox, yeah. and I misspelled it. You and Dan
3: Whittle. Dan Whittle went about five or six rounds before he went out.
2: I had this guy by the name of Greg Tucker who was the MC.
3: Yeah, I remember I was there, and
2: he doesn't speak good English, and so was that's not a correct sentence. Well, I don't speak good English either, (laughs) but uh, but um, he said a word, and I went, "Can you use that in a sentence?" And he did, and I said. Can you uh can you can you uh um give me a better idea of what that word means and he did something and I said can I call a friend because uh, I couldn't understand him and so I just told he
3: he, he, he has uh, he speaks correctly all the time but he has such a soft voice that's probably it's, why I it, couldn't it, understand him yeah, it, he, it, he was
2: speaking correctly
3: but he does a great job on the radio i mean he really oh, yeah. does.
2: Yeah, Monday morning is the Greg Tucker time. And so anyway, so uh, within a matter of one round, mm-hmm. I was gone. And because of my stellar performance, they will never ask me again because, you know, I'm I'm definitely not up for the task.
3: You have been on a number of boards in Rutherford County, probably more than any other person. Which one has been your favorite? Because I know you like to reach out to people... Who are, are having particular problems at the time, and you you want to make their lives better, but there it's, it's always it's all across the board. You I, I, I mean uh, when you get into uh, the Murfreesboro Symphony and and other things,
2: this year you're, you're, you're
3: not normal. I mean you the board <laughs> members don't dress up like Santa Claus and all these particular characters that, that may be. Uh, uh, part of the show at that particular time.
2: Well, I think for your audience, the one takeaway for today is you're not normal. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, because there are boards that are administrative leadership boards that actually guide the organization. Yes. And then there are boards that are advisory boards where your real function is, who do you know that has money that they will contribute mm-hmm. to the organization? And then... You have jobs where you're not really on a board at all, but but you're you're a worker bee, yeah, and those are the ones that that really are the most rewarding. I mean, there's no question in the world the most rewarding thing I do with my time is the senior citizens program at the sheriff's office. yeah, I am so glad that I heard e t guys talk about it when I went through the uh, Citizens Academy for the Sheriff's Office mm-hmm. and said, you know, I might be interested in this. And I think now it's probably been five or six years since I, I joined that group. And and these are folks that, that just cherish the fact, even if all you do is call them up and talk to them, but if they need something or they need to know how to do something, I mean, it, it embarrasses me, and it's not quite true, but it's kind of true. Um I thought poor people only had two flat screen TVs. I had no idea that poor people had, you know, a huge income from social security that was well in excess of $400 a month mm. and they were trying to pay rent, buy medicine, buy food. I mean those folks the Comcast truck never comes to their house. So if the answer is well if you go to the website and you get the form and you fill it out they don't have a website to go to,
3: do they have how many of them actually have family
2: well that's a sliding scale yeah <laughs> that's a sliding scale. We had a guy who had nothing, just a delightful gentleman. You enjoyed visiting him every time, you enjoyed talking to him every time, you enjoyed taking care of him every time yeah. um, we jury rigged the system so that he could get. Uh, analog reception with a set of rabbit ears. And every time we visited him, if it was during uh, um, one of the game shows that he liked, we had to wait or come back later because, boy, I mean, he lived for that uh, Jeopardy, that game show. Yeah. I don't remember which one, but, but, I mean, you know, just just to add something to these folks. Yeah. But now this guy didn't have anybody in his life. He had an old beat-to-death pickup truck. But he had nobody in his life. And so when he passed away, his two daughters who lived in Smyrna came out of the woodwork and said, which one of us is going to get the truck? And it was like, where were you when you could have brought a cheeseburger to Dad for supper and spent an hour's time with him?
3: They have to have a stone for a heart.
2: Oh, I mean, I just... I never, I never imagined that there would be people like that out there. So, so I mean, to be able to give to people, um, I've not been in the nursing home since March because of COVID, mm-hmm. but I still talk with people, and to be able to help them as which a, one do you go in? Oh, which one, of course, the yeah. Tennessee State Veterans Home, of course. I had been there for maybe two or three weeks. And I wanted to pay a compliment to one of the nurses at one of the nurse's stations. And I said, this is a fantastic nursing home. Someday when I need a nursing home, I'm coming here. Mm -hmm. And God love her. She said, well, you do realize now you need to be at least a veteran before you can come here. And I went, oh. Just 31 years of active duty qualify me to be the veteran.
3: But you did you say wh- which group you were with?
2: And then she said, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I told you her you were
3: a Navy guy.
2: I told her I was with the Navy and I could bring some class to the nursing home. Yeah, and, and she said no. But uh, but yeah, I love the people out there. Um, Veterans Drug Court is another one where you see yeah. people who are just a shipwreck." And they go through that one-year program, and they come out the other end. They're getting education. They've got a good job. Their spouse is back with them for the first time in 10 years. They actually are not so drunk that they don't recognize their children on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just turnaround of people's lives is just... The most refreshing thing in the world. And I mean, they come in there, and Judge Ben Hall McFarland has them do uh, a journal entry every time they come into court. Mm-hmm. And the first journal entries are, you know, I had 26 DUIs, but everybody drinks. I don't see why I'm here. I don't have a problem. Yeah. And when he gives the, all of the journal entries back to him a year later, uh, they look at him and they go, oh my God, who was that idiot? That came here a year ago. What was wrong with that person? And they've they've evolved that much through this amazing program. And I was fortunate enough that I'm now on the board for not only the veterans program but for all of the the drug programs uh, here in Rutherford County. So to just to do that kind of good work for other people, um, I love my symphony uh, center for the arts is another one. Um, We'll have a a virtual breakfast this year for the Red Cross. I'm chairman of that board, uh, but Tara Stone is really the one who is the executive director. How in
3: the heck can you have a virtual breakfast?
2: They work. We've done it with a couple organizations. The good news is you don't have to pay a lot for breakfast, and you can eat whatever you want to eat because you're at home. And uh, this year, though, we're going to honor. I hate that word. I hate virtual. <laughs> it,
3: it 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 makes no sense to me. I'm sorry.
2: And this year, we're going to honor uh, General uh, Holmes as our uh, our our honoree for uh, uh, community service and giving back to his country.
3: Yeah.
2: So and what a That's great guy. Special. Well, when I first came to Murfreesboro, I just missed him. He was Lieutenant Colonel, and he was in Breakfast Rotary. Wow. And so he uh, he's moved right along, and he has a lovely wife. And his lovely wife and I were together on the Fisher House board. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, doing things for veterans, doing things for for more senior people. Um, I look at people today, and I go, I like helping elderly people. And then I realize they're three years younger than me.
3: Well, you know, the Fisher House <laughs> really what well, it, it it gets my attention more. I, I get all of these uh, letters in the mail uh, wanting to support things from outside this community. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are great. I am just I, – I guess it was the work I'm in. I'm very suspicious of everything. Sure. I, you want to help things. But right here in the community, I saw what was going on with the Fisher House. And I said, what a great, great program because it's not only helping the, the veterans – uh, that are uh, getting care here, but it's it 's bringing their um, relatives in, and they have a place to stay for free and It was one of those things that
2: they were taking care of and and, and how special was that? The first two Fisher houses were actually built in the d c area at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. And at the Navy's National Naval Medical Center. Yeah. And as as much as you think about it, here uh, it, they were built at a time when we were first getting involved in conflict, mm-hmm. uh, and there were people who were from Middle Tennessee. Who got word that their son had been injured yeah. and was now going to be in the hospital, either the Army hospital or the Navy hospital, and they rushed up to D.C. and the first thing they had to do was find a place where they could live, mm-hmm. and they found, uh, you know, a cheap hotel in the Washington D.C. area that was only three hundred eighty dollars a night, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they had to figure out with three hundred eighty dollars a night going to food or going to a hotel room how long they could even stay. And then if they were going to spend that much money on a hotel, were they going to eat the dollar value meal every day at McDonald's? And, and so the need was seen, and the uh, chief of naval operations, Admiral Trost and his wife, sat down with uh, the Fishers, with Zachary and Elizabeth Fisher. And they said, okay, here's what we need. We need affordable housing so that if you're up here with your loved one and they're going to be in the hospital for 28 days or six months or longer because in the acute care hospitals, there are people who have been there for over a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they said, yeah, what we need is affordable hosp- housing. And so what happened was they built those first two uh, Fisher Houses. And if you were a family in the Fisher House, You could go out and buy a steak anytime you wanted to and either eat it at the restaurant or cook it in the amazing kitchen that's at the Fisher House. But if you didn't have the money to do that, there were enough contributions that the pantry was full. You could eat three meals a day, never spend a money on your room, and never spend any money on the food. And so now all of your attention could be helping your loved one. Rehabilitate and and get in a position where you can take them home, and so I mean the concept just went crazy, and 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 now on all the active duty bases that that warrant it, and then as soon as they did the active duty bases, they said okay the V A is next, yeah. and so I'm not privy to how this actually went down, but I, my guess is they identified that we needed one in the Nashville V A area. And probably the folks from Fisher House said, okay, well, we need three and a half acres next to the VA hospital in Nashville. And everybody went, are you kidding? We don't have room for a Sears aluminum building there. There's no way you're going to get that space. And they said, well, what are we going to do? And they said, well, we just happen to have a beautiful second hospital that's in the garden spot of the world, the best place you could ever imagine in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And what they did is they tore down the old housing that probably was where the director and other high-ranking officials lived. Mm-hmm. They tore all that down, and that's where the, the Fisher House resides now. So we're, we're the only Fisher House in uh, in the state of Tennessee, and, and they're busy, and we're very fortunate to have them.
3: We had a family that had come in and had gone through the... Uh, all the processes to be in the Fisher House. And um, you and some of the others actually bought them meals, and and, uh, there was actually tears coming down their eyes at at the way that people reached out to them here in Murfreesboro. And and you're right. It's one of those communities that has a big heart. You, You hardly ever see the responses that people get here in Murfreesboro. We're going to take a quick break okay. and we'll be right back with Phil Barnett.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.
4: At Heritage South Community
3: Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day.
4: Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal
1: Housing Lender. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Why move into a new house and and leave a home that you already have memories
3: with and and sentimental value and we can come in and and whether you want to totally remodel your house or if you just want to update your kitchen and bathroom, we can help with any of those things.
1: So when we decided to redo the playroom, it was obvious. We called Faro Construction. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. Fair Construction Company.
0: MTSU's College of Liberal Arts and the SIN Federal Credit Union present MTSU Arts, your ticket to hundreds of visual and performing arts events each year. During our 2020-2021 season, you can enjoy events virtually from the comfort of your own living room. Join the MTSU Arts Patron Society and enjoy member-only benefits. Visit mtsu.edu slash mtsuarts
1: to learn more and join today. And the Blue Raiders win again. I need to get some MT gear. Let's go to the mall. Mall store? Really? thought you wanted gear. Any Blue Raider stores in the mall? Well, no. You'll only find a limited selection mixed in with dozens of other schools and teams. My choice is Raider Tees, who specializes in Blue Raider gear with hundreds of items to choose from. They're located just off Broad Street behind Chewy's on Ridgely Road.
2: Raider Tees. Like us on Facebook for early notice of specials and sales. Raider Tees. Bigger, better, and Go Blue!
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
4: I'm Ron Jordan. Barnabas Vision asked that the community join hands in making February Encouragement Month. On the 7th through the 14th, attention will be geared toward our homeless population by putting together and then handing out encouragement bags. From the 14th through the 20th, they'll focus on health care workers. And the 22nd through the 28th will be dedicated to local law enforcement. The 6th Annual Hometown Heroes Walk begins at the Murfreesboro Civic Plaza in front of City Hall and the Lineball Library Friday morning, April 6th. It starts with parking your car at the Child Advocacy Center office on Samsonite Boulevard and taking the free shuttle bus to Civic Plaza. Registration begins at 1045, opening announcements at 1130, and the walk from the Civic Plaza to the Child Advocacy Center begins at noon. More Tennesseans are buying guns. Data from the TBI shows Tennesseans bought nearly double the number of guns in 2020 than they did the year before. The TBI says it processed 740,000 background checks last year, compared to just 484,000 in 2019. Police in Franklin say they've identified the 55 victims who were videotaped inside a changing room and bathroom at a gym. 53 of those victims on the video recorded by a camera at Premier Athletics were minors, two were adults. The parents of the minors and the two adults have been notified, but police have not yet identified the person they believe responsible and say the investigation is far from over. The Tennessee's Department of Education is launching a new initiative to provide wireless Internet to students across the state. They're partnering with T-Mobile to provide mobile Wi-Fi hotspot devices over the next five years. More than 40,000 devices will be made available this year with additional devices to be distributed in future years. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks,
0: and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
1: Hey, gentlemen. Start your new year off right, prioritizing your health with a quick and easy health assessment at Low-T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. They are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so that you'll know all of the numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain, and a loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the calls and help. And now they offer monitored self inject at home testosterone treatments. Providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Book your annual wellness exam today at lowtcenter dot low Center, reinventing men's healthcare. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the upper 30s. North winds of five to 10 miles per hour for tonight. Mostly clear skies and a low near 21. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuchietzky on News Radio WGNs. Currently, it's 30.
4: Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
2: Is this where I get to say good morning, Rutherford County?
3: No, you did that about 30 minutes ago.
2: God, I forgot. Okay.
3: Uh, no, this is the, the point <laughs> in, in, in in part of your life that the Navy was a major, major part of your your life. Hey, Truman. And
4: Yes. Uh, uh, our listeners want reparations for their eardrums being busted out at the start of the show. Oh, oh wow. we're,
3: we're getting ready to do it again.
4: <laughs> we could
2: we could do it softer.
3: Because he's been waiting to sing the Navy fights. No, we're not going to do and it. It's, <laughs> a, it's the reason that he joined up in the Navy to now, start the, with. The
2: village people were not yes. my recruiters. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, what a great song. You've got to admit it. I mean... Uh, You got all those manly people out there singing the song. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. We've
2: never had music on this show before.
3: (laughs) I I, I believe it. This is it. Oh, there it is.
2: Anchors away, my (laughs) boys. Great
3: job, Brian.
2: It gives me goosebumps. I love my Navy. Yeah. I wanted to save folks from having to hear anybody else sing it. so <laughs> oh, thanks, That was thanks, very Brian. well done. Thank you. I appreciate that.
3: You know, Brian, he does such a great job with everything he does. I, I listen to the morning show every morning with, with all their stupid jokes and things like that. Yeah,
2: they do. The dad joke just kills me every time.
3: Yeah, but 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 there's so much fun. And then then he does the sports programs and, and all of that. He ha- He has one of these minds that... It just fits into everything that's going on in the radio.
2: System. WGNS is another jewel in the crown of Murfreesboro. I mean, I can't imagine us not having that. Even when I drive to Columbia, uh, I can hear it almost to 65. Then something bleeds over on top of it. But I get to hear, uh, get to hear 45 minutes of the Truman Show.
3: Wow. So that's that's a point in your life when you listen to this show. Everybody has to be punished for something they've done in their life. <laughs> so you get to you, you know you're you're paying a a due of some kind well, when you listen.
2: I'm, I'm constantly reminded. I mean, yesterday mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed that when I came in today you didn't refer to me as the thin man. But yesterday you were asking a. William uh, No, you were asking Ronnie. You yeah. said the thin man, and Ronnie's what, in his 30s? Maybe his, maybe his I don't want to insult him. He, he, he's he a looked, young man. He looked
3: like he's in his 20s. Yeah,
2: he's a young man, and yeah. you were asking him about the thin man, and even on the radio I could see he was giving you that blank look of, who is Truman talking about?
3: Well, you know, my favorite. a lot of my favorite movies were from the 30s and the early
2: 40s. Yeah, a lot of the folks today don't remember that.
3: No. I was watching a movie <laughs> this morning, and there's a lady that usually sits outside, and I call her Brooklyn because that's where she's from. And, and she has such a great sense of humor and so bright. And she has told me about... You know, watching the Dodgers at Ebbets Field, and they call it Flatbush and Dim Bums and all of that, and things that I grew up knowing because I was a big New York Yankee fan, and they usually played the Dodgers in the World Series. Right, it's kind of cross country there. And um, I was watching a movie this morning, and uh, it was about Flatbush, which, of course, that's, that's part of uh, uh, Brooklyn there. And uh, I was hoping to see her when I came in and call her Flatbush, because I, I usually call her um,
2: um, Brooklyn.
3: Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, lo- lo- life is fun. It, it, if you've got a sense of humor, uh, everybody can play a part of it.
2: Life is, is almost too much fun, even even with the passing of my wife. I can narrow down to maybe four days in my 71 years that I would consider bad days in my life. How can anybody make it through 71 years of their life and have just four days that were really bad days? Well, where are the other 10 years? Yeah, the others were just, they were put on a Santa suit and have a great day.
3: You made the best Santa of anybody I've ever seen.
2: I love being Santa. We were even Santa this year in a much restricted... Uh,
3: Don't say virtual. They, it'll, it'll drive me crazy. No,
2: we didn't do virtual, but yeah. what we did was scheduled appointments, and uh, the deputies took their child in and did their shopping, and then by the time they were done, the next group, small group, was there to go into Walmart, and it was very, very well done. We had donuts. We had hot chocolate. Um, Very hard to eat donuts when you're wearing a fake beard. Uh, but, I mean, I love Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, and I'd say that even if you weren't here. Uh, those folks, anybody today that's in law enforcement or community service, they put their life on the line every day. And, I mean, I, I just I can't possibly admire people who do that on a regular basis. I remember both from the city course and from the, the county uh, Citizens Academy course and the one thing that was common there were many things but the one thing that was common in both those courses was every one of our MPD officers and every one of our deputies they only have one objective during the day and that's to get back home safely to mm-hmm. their family in the evening.
3: And to keep people safe
2: well, and they, while they're on and, duty. And they do a marvelous job when they're on duty. I could not, I could not be prouder of working with the sheriff's office. I mean, they're just—they just, their heart is in their job, and I admire everything they do. All the way from—from from the leadership, Mike and Keith are just stellar people, and—and uh, and then you know, all the way down to the new recruits. Yeah. Um, that's a tough life, and uh, they do a great job.
3: It is a tough life, and to—to to take a, a lot of the abuse that they have to take. And and you talk about people who have a heart and and really have uh, people's uh, lives in their hands. And then you have the media people who attack them it's like they don't have a heart, and and really they don't really know what they're doing. Well,
2: they have no idea. They don't know what the it, it, what the job is right. and what they do every day and what they do outside of their job description yeah. every day to make other people's lives better.
3: Yeah, and, and I think they're the best people in the world. I, I've been around them for most of my life, and I, I've never seen people who are as dedicated in what they do and really have a love. For all those around them, and of course, they're taught from the t- when they go through the academy uh, how to protect themselves. Sure. And and there's so many ways that, that they have to respond to an incident where there could be deadly force out there, and and, and they're taught how to, to to respond to that. And of course, part of that is they want to get back home safe, also. And, and you don 't really know when something is going you have to have no
2: idea what you 're to into. fire
3: up and, and, and people are a lot of them are sitting there just waiting to take your life when, when you stop their cars so, yeah no, and,
2: you're absolutely right because I mean you remember the the one consistency over the years in in community service law enforcement. Um, the one consistency was the dedicated people. We don't pay them enough. Uh, we don't recognize them enough. But yeah. but their heart, somewhere in their childhood, they, they grew up knowing that what they wanted to do was make their community a better place. And that's what they contribute every day. You remember that when you were in your, your first horse-drawn squad car. Yeah. And then finally they gave you an automobile. Would they give you three automobiles to start out with? And they were on the road 24 hours a day. You didn't even stop them for I think oil we changes. Had, I
3: think we had six cars that were uh, we could utilize when I first started working at the, at the sheriff's office. And I, I, as far as patrol officers, uh, I think we had maybe uh, 20 or something like that. Now uh, it, it's through the roof because of the growth around here. But the the best thing about it is we knew most of the people in the now, In the county, not just in a neighborhood, but in the county. Sure, now
2: you got all those transplants.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, we allowed, I think we started allowing Navy people in here, what, (laughs) 20 years ago? Is that what it
2: was? (laughs) That was a quality improvement. That was the only reason you did that. You said, you know, what can we do to make this a better place? And somebody said, well, let's get some Navy folks in here.
3: Some of my favorite heroes were in the Navy. And we've got a lot of them here, Uh, not a lot of them anymore, but in World War II. I mean, I I can't even imagine what those particular uh, uh, guys went through during that time. I mean, when D-Day hit, uh, the Navy was a major part of it, and it was uh, so so many heroes. Bill Allen, I still uh, think of the time that what he went through during D-Day, and, of course, his ship was sunk. And, uh,
2: there was a there was a thing on uh, Facebook that was talking about uh, Vietnam veterans. Yeah. And it it pops out every year in the in the spring and reminds people of the young men whose senior class trip was to Vietnam. And how many of those folks didn't come back?
3: Fifty thousand, over fifty thousand of them didn't yeah, come back. Yeah,
2: I mean. It, it, Eighteen years old, if you didn't lie about your age, yeah, and uh, and never. I mean, it's just you can't imagine. I mean, we still. I know, I know personally, probably a dozen families that have lost young sons and daughters. Some of them were daughters yeah. who have lost young sons and daughters over in the war zone. And uh,
3: how do you think those family members that are still here? Uh, think what do they think when they see people that will not stand for the national anthem and for our country? And for those people, when they kneel, they're they're smacking those well, op- officers or or the soldiers right in the face when they do. These that.
2: these people are such stellar individuals that they they probably have some thoughts about those that don't respect, but they're more attuned. To making sure that they do respect and those are the people who always put their hand on their heart who always yeah. stand at attention who always tear up just a little bit remembering the son or the daughter that that never got to have a full life never got the education never got the the family never got all of the things that many of us take for granted yeah. And uh, I think they're they're very positive people about their country and their love of country and, and are saddened by the sacrifice, but also very proud that it was one of their family members that made the ultimate sacrifice. So I don't think they dwell a lot on people who disrespect. I think what they do is spend a lot of time being very, very proud Americans.
3: Yeah. But it... it I am one of those people that things affect me when I feel like that they're doing something to disgrace our country. I really have a hard time with it. And I think most of the people that were uh brought up in our day and time t- uh to respect everything that our uh, forefathers did to well, build I mean, this particular country and things. We, we hear too many negative things and not enough positive things. I mean, if you, re- things that bother me.
2: if you remember, as kids, we did the Pledge of Allegiance every day in school.
3: Yes, we did. And we raised the flag every morning. That was a that we all worked hard so we could be one of the, the people to go out and yep. raise the flag. And uh, it seemed like things were taught in a, in a more positive way. Uh, all the way through school and all the way through the university, The universities seem to be going back the other way But uh, there's too much of that. Maybe it's because television is here and all the negative things that we see on television and all the negative reporters. And It's not just in regular news. I mean, there's no news anymore. Well,
2: there's very little news.
3: Yeah, it's all opinionated and, and negative opinionation. But it's also in sports. I mean, you don't hear anything hardly about sports anymore. It's all about what they think about the, the uh, political agenda and where we're going. And let's, let's separate off the ethnic groups and get them fighting it it's, with each it's other.
2: W- and what sells newspapers.
3: Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, maybe the newspapers will go broke one of these days.
2: Well, I'm sure a lot of them because, I mean, almost everything's automated now.
3: From what I can understand, uh, their participation in... Uh, watching television, buying newspapers, and all of those things has gone down quite a bit. But it it still goes along.
2: One of the things that I learned a long time ago, when I was on a ship, and remember this was when the ships were still made out of wood. It was a long time ago. When I was on a ship, Mm -hmm. we would get the news, the, the national news. But by the time we got it, it was like four or five days old. And we didn't have any other source. Nobody sent us an email. We didn't get to call anybody on the phone. We didn't get to text anybody. And so you'd be getting, you know, Tuesday's live NBC news. You'd be getting it on Saturday. But the good news was you got Wednesday's on Sunday. And so for the most part, you had a, a consistent stream of uh, of news, but you'd get it like five days late. Well, one of the the two great things that I appreciated when I came home and still do today is I can stand in the shower as long as I want and not worry about somebody banging on the shower door telling me that it's not a Navy shower and I'm using too much water. And then the second thing I really enjoy is I'll try every evening to watch the national news. Now, I'll try and watch it on a right station and a left station and a middle station so that I can try in my own head to figure out which one is the actual factual news. But it's difficult to do that today. Now,
3: did you have butt cans back in the Navy? Yeah. Now, how many times did somebody feel sorry for you not getting enough water, so they'd throw the butt can uh, full of... Um,
2: cold water. Dirt,
3: yeah, cold water. Cold water. And, yeah, and, and cigarette butts and all yeah, those
2: other yeah, things. Yeah, butt that, cans were, were stand-up ashtrays. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: See, that's the one thing I don't miss, because you could not take a shower over in the airborne units without somebody messing with you. Yeah. It, it was just almost impossible.
2: Well, you, your worst day in the world was you were having this amazing... I mean, Navy showers, you get in, you get wet you soap up, you get in, you get wet, you turn off the water, you soap up, you turn on the water, you get soap off your body, you turn the water off, you get out. Because there's only X number of gallons of water on a ship.
3: Oh, we didn't have that problem.
2: No, no, this was the real war fighters. These were not the Army and the Air Force guys. And so so, um, you learned... Yeah, that was what was expected in a Navy shower. And you'd be in there and you'd be just enjoying the warmth of the shower. And all of a sudden, there'd be a knock on that shower stall. And, you know, this is the executive officer of the ship. When you are done with your shower and you're dressed, come to my stateroom office. Ooh. And you'd go in there and you'd go, yes, sir? You know, were you the young man that was in the shower for 20 minutes today? Uh, uh, yes, sir.
3: You should have told him you didn't have your watch with you.
2: <laughs> said yes, sir, and he'd go. Very good. That'll be two hundred and fifty dollars. Check made out Whoa. to the Morale, Welfare, and Recreation Department. And next time, make sure that it's a Navy shower.
3: So you could actually punish someone monetarily, right there. Wow. I I don't think I would have enjoyed that very much. Well,
2: you didn't take a long shower the next time. It was pretty easy. It was pretty easy.
3: Did you ever throw someone in the shower that really needed it? Oh, sure. hadn't been there. And and, um, what what did we call that back then? Uh, There was a name for it.
2: Well, what was funny was when the Navy then took some of the bigger ships that they could actually have a birthing area, a sleeping area that was specifically for women, or uh, they could segregate men and women because like on submarines, all of that was open, and there was they, they can now do it, but it was difficult to figure out a way to put men and women on the same submarine. Yeah. If you were talking about an aircraft carrier, it was a hotel. You know, you could designate uh, birthing areas that were for women and birthing areas that were for men. Mm -hmm. But what they saw on an aircraft carrier deployed in the middle of the ocean, you're not going out to get a meal off of the ship or going out to see, you know, some city in Greece. Uh, But day-to-day working, what they saw was a huge increase in the amount of aftershave that was being sold in the ship's store. Wow, the boys wanted to smell pretty for their women shipmates.
3: See, we didn't have uh, we didn't have that when I was in. There, there were there were no ladies around us except. Uh,
2: well, when I went to sea, there were no women on ships. Unfortunately, now we put the best sailors to sea, and that's men and women.
3: Did you stand inspection every morning?
2: No, not well, you, every...
3: You did. You were a
2: captain. Not every morning. I, was, well, I wasn't a captain when I was on the ship. I was just a, a very junior officer. But uh, but no, but two or three times a year. And then when I was a captain, I held inspection two or three times a year.
3: Now, were you fair when you did oh, the Oh, absolutely. Inspection?
2: Absolutely. And the... the it,
3: no, this, no, no, nothing was done that... Uh, Um, Maybe uh, a particular uh, Navy guy was not one of your favorite people. Oh, no. You never did pick on
2: him. No, but what would happen is the senior enlisted people in the command, Mm -hmm. two or three of the seniors, would go through the troops first, Mm -hmm. and they would eliminate the ones that, that were not inspection ready. Yeah. And, I mean, out of a couple hundred people, you might have two. It wasn't a big number. But I can remember one year, this was in Hawaii, and it was in whites. And there was uh, one guy who looked like he slept in his uniform. Mm. So they pulled him out, and they said, now we will inspect you tomorrow. And the reason you're being pulled out today is because it looks like that uniform was wadded up under the bed somewhere, and you need to get it ironed and squared away. And then there was another guy whose uniform was just incredibly filthy. Oh, just incredibly filthy, same thing we'll reinspect you tomorrow and then, God love her, there was a young lady, and this is in white uniforms, and they're fairly fairly thin cotton fabric mm-hmm. and she had on just the cutest blue and white polka dot panties in the history of the world and they just it's showed It's funny that
3: you remember that story. through
2: well, I never saw her, but I I was oh, okay. relayed the story while she was being re-inspected the next day mm-hmm. that apparently there was a clash in colors of her uh, her uniform and her prestige undergarments and uh, and so the boys pulled her out and said tomorrow let's be white on white on white and uh, she did fine. She was
3: Did that did that make a difference having ladies
2: on no. board? No. No, because they there weren't men and women, there were sailors.
3: Oh, give me a break.
2: honest to God. All One right, of the, when go the, back and sing that. No,
3: sing that song in the navy because no, no, it no. fits
2: perfectly. No, when the, when the navy started to talk about how women were going to be in aviation, they were going to be on ships, they were going to be treated as equals. They had they we had already done all that in navy medicine. Because there were doctors who were women. There were nurses who were men. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, hospital corpsmen, and they were both men and women. Uh, in my own specialty in healthcare administration, there were men and women. So we had already cracked the code. We already knew which ones were good officers and which ones were bad officers, but it had nothing to do with their gender. It had to do with their skill set. It had to do with their ability to deal with people. It had to do with their leadership capabilities. But it had nothing to do with the fact that they were a man or a woman. And the same thing was true with with physicians. The same thing was true with nurses. Uh, you know, all of the things in Navy medicine, we had been integrated for so long that we weren't even thinking about it anymore.
3: But you think about things that happened years ago and then uh – Complaints have shown up years later about uh, the relationship between superior male officers
2: Absolutely.
3: And, and, and female officers.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, that, that fraternization, well, that fraternization is what forced me to meet the lovely Adrienne because my first duty station <laughs> my, <laughs> that's all I can say, my, my first duty station was at the Naval Academy hospital in yeah. Annapolis and I walked in there and there were two ancient single nurses now what do you mean by ancient probably about our age now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those were the only single civilian or military females at that command yeah And uh, and then the only other option, because remember at that point I was 23 years old, Mm -hmm. and the young, attractive hospital corps women, hospital corpsmen who were women, they were 18, 19, 20 year olds, so they weren't that much younger than me. Yeah. And I knew if I ended up dating one of them, that it could be the end of my career because fraternization was absolutely frowned on. Yeah. And so I went to work at the civilian hospital for the sole purpose of meeting women. I was an evening administrator at Anne Arundel General for the sole purpose of enhancing my social life. And that's where I met Adrian. But uh, but yeah, fraternization has always been on the books. And there's been times when it was adhered to, and then there were times when it, when it wasn't adhered to. But it has been not only between officer enlisted, but also between senior officer and junior officer or senior enlisted. And junior enlisted. Any time you could have a relationship with somebody and either use your position or your rank uh, for them or against them, um, totally inappropriate. And, and I have disciplined people for, uh, for that.
3: Now, you need to tune in later on when Phil is on. We will continue with this conversation (laughs) in in another time. This isn't a
1: two-hour show?
3: Uh, No, it it really should be today, but then we'll really get in trouble. But I think it's time for us to go. What do you think?
2: I love Rutherford County. Thank you all. Thanks for the opportunity.
3: Glad to have back. I'm glad to have you on. It's been a long time, Phil. I'll be back it's been soon. A long time. All right. All right. We'll see you guys.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard,